Welcome to Metro Health's Prescription for Hope. I'm John Campanelli. Because of the name of this podcast, we think about the word hope a lot, probably more than we should. The word gets used so much, it gets diluted. We hope the Browns win the Super Bowl. We hope the weather's good for the weekend. We hope no one notices the spinach between our teeth. But there's another kind of hope, the noun instead of the verb, the concept instead of the word. When she heard news on the radio that the Allies had invaded Europe in 1944, Anne Frank wrote in her diary, where there's hope, there's life. It fills us with fresh courage and makes us strong again. This idea of hope, a light in a world of darkness, a hand out there to hold, and the power and the promise of that hope, that hasn't been diluted at all. That hope remains at full strength. And there's no better example of it than what happens every weekday in a vacant lot at 3370 West 25th Street in Cleveland. There you go. Have a good one. And how many did you have? If you walk or drive by, you'll see a white box truck parked toward the back of the lot. Depending on the time of day, there may be a line of people, two, three, five deep, this is Metro Health's Project Dawn Expanded Mobile Unit. But pretty much everybody calls it the needle exchange. Here's Frank from inside that truck. Hi, my name is Frank Shalava. I'm a Project Dawn assistant here at Metro Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, what we do for clients here, we, we are a street level service for uh, intravenous drug users who need to uh, try to stay safe while they're in use um, and they're kind of contemplating trying to get help. So a lot of times the drug users just so caught up in using drugs that they don't know, they might not be ready for help. Um, so we want to keep them safe until that time comes. Before we go any further, let's talk a bit about needle exchanges. Giving people new sterile syringes has been, and still is, a controversial practice. In Scott County, disappointment, but not surprise, after the commissioners voted to end the needle exchange. They say they can't live with a program that makes it easier to use drugs. I know people that are alcoholics, and I don't buy them a, a bottle of whiskey. Opponents of a controversial needle exchange program took their concerns to Roanoke City Council today, just one week before the new center is set to open. It's going to be a draw for those drug addicts. I am going into it with a bias, that I've seen the criminality from drug use and uh, providing needles for the furtherance of that is not something that I'm in support of. The critics of syringe services programs say exchanges send the wrong message, that they condone drug use, increase it, even promote it. They say needle exchanges increase nearby crime, cause more overdoses, and lead to more dirty, dangerous needles littering sidewalks, playgrounds, and parks. These are real concerns. The evidence, however, doesn't support them. Decades of peer-reviewed research have shown that syringe services programs increase the proper disposal of dirty needles, increase the chances a person enters treatment, and do not increase crime in nearby areas. These programs also reduce the spread of HIV, hepatitis C, and other infections. That alone makes them cost-effective. 
Numerous cost analyses have shown that every dollar spent on syringe services programs saves at least $6 in medical costs on HIV alone. Knowing all that, you'd think these exchanges would be a slam dunk and welcomed into communities. But... You know, it, it's the stigma of addiction. You know, some neighborhoods are like, well, why don't you just let that person die? They're trying to kill himself with drug use anyway, right? I mean, it's cold, right? And why should we pay our tax money to, you know, help these people who just keep doing the same thing? Right, until it's your son or daughter. It's always like, until it's your son or daughter, then it's a different story. Oh yeah, we should, I probably should save my son or daughter. Because that's what community is. It's somebody's child out there, you know, that needs help. They just need help. Needle exchanges work best when they offer much more than clean syringes. In addition to new sterile needles, the mobile unit dispenses Narcan, the life-saving overdose reversal drug administered via nasal spray, fentanyl strips that allow users to test for the presence of the deadly synthetic opioid, condoms to protect them and their sexual partners. The unit also hands out safety kits that include alcohol prep pads, cotton balls, antibiotic cream, clean water, a fresh rubber tourniquet, and literature about treatment and recovery. While they're there, clients can also get tested for HIV and hepatitis. The team serves anyone and everyone. A worried parent who wants Narcan, step on up. A friend who wants treatment info, step on up. But virtually everyone the unit serves is struggling with addiction. Here's how it works. Here you go. Clients step up to the truck's side window. They remain anonymous, but are asked for their first initial What's and four digits initial? of their social security number. What's your last four? So Metro Health's Office of Opioid Safety can measure and research the program's That's effectiveness okay. and keep track of supplies. Clients are asked their age, their zip code, zip code? whether they've ever overdosed and whether they need or have used Narcan. Clients place their dirty needles in a red plastic container the size of a kitchen trash can that sits by the truck window. Then they get the same number of new syringes in return. This is a one-for-one one exchange. The unit offers different sizes of syringes with different lengths and gauges of needle. Can I have 30, 30, 150s? Have you ever overdosed? There's just a few basic ground rules. If they're kids with the client, the client cannot get needles. The risk of a parent using drugs on the way home are just too great. No loitering is allowed and drug dealing is strictly prohibited. Metro Health Police will occasionally drive by just to keep everyone safe. The needles, Narcan, and other supplies are crucial to these folks, but the mobile unit also dispenses something else. When you come to a place like this, it's not the services you're like, it's not the needles or anything like that. It's the person that's giving you the services. That's Roger Lowe. My name is Roger Lowe, and I am, I work with the Office of Opioid Safety. I am a, uh, I guess the title is um, Project Dawn Assistant, but uh, I basically am one of the few people who man the uh, harm reduction uh, Project Dawn mobile unit. I've been doing this work for 24 years. These guys don't have a lot of people that they can trust. 
If I tell them I'm going to do something, I stick to it. It goes back to building relationships. I've been building relationships with these people for decades. When I take a when we take a loss and they die, it, it hits me really close to home. They're they're like my kids. I treat them like my children and my family, and I try my best to look after them until they're ready. Street level care is about building trust and holding out a hand, and then waiting for a user to grab it. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades. But uh, let me know. Let me know when you're ready, Nate. Roger's talking to Nate, okay. one of the mobile unit's regular clients, who's here with his friend Kelly. Don't make me come looking for you. They don't want their last names used. So what do you? Why do you guys come here? All these can get clean needles. Every, everyone here is very nice. I mean, they they work with you if you right. need help. They're willing to help. I mean, it's we a great. other programs. It's a great resource. And then you got Roger over there. I've known that guy for a long time. He's an old sponsor of mine. A lot of people frown on it for, for using these resources and and they're, they're with open arms, you know. Yeah. So And you can get Narcan here and I mean everybody knows when you're in active addiction that's like a lifesaver. I mean, well, so. have, you, have you guys had to use Narcan before? Yes. I just had to use it on my birthday. She used it on me yeah. just recently. So. Yeah. How long have you guys been using? Uh, me about 12 years. On and off? Yeah, I'm about the same, 15 years. Okay. 15 years, on and off. Brief, brief moments of sobriety. Yeah, we had about five years, uh, about two years ago. And then we, the recovery is, is coming soon, hopefully. Yeah. So who exactly are the clients of the mobile unit? It's mostly white males, um, mostly people, I would say, around my age in their mid-30s. This is Stephanie Shorts, coordinator of the mobile unit program. Unfortunately, we see a lot of younger clients now, 20, 21, 22. And it's just sad because they, they just have so much going on and they're so young and they've started so early. A lot of our clients are polysubstance users. Obviously, they're using cocaine, meth, and heroin simultaneously. So we try to educate everyone, regardless of what they're using. Like, there's probably fentanyl in whatever you're using, even if you're not using heroin. We have people come from all over. We have people, sometimes will drive from Sandusky with two needles because, you know, they need supplies and they don't have the resources out there. A lot of clients from Ashtabula, people come up from the Akron area. Medina, Brunswick, Westlake, North Olmstead Bay Village. People typically think like it's not a problem where I live, but it is. They're trying to stay safe. I mean, nobody wants to be in the position where they're using drugs every day to stay well and living the lifestyle a lot of our clients have to live. A lot of the clients are functioning and work and, you know, are doing fine. A lot of them live a, a very difficult life. They're chronic homelessness, chronic medical issues. You know, they just don't have their basic needs met. 
they say that a lot of times they tell us they're like you you talk to us like we're normal people like because they are they're just people who have this disease and are managing it the way that they can and the way that they know how to and a lot of times people just need someone to talk to you know I had a girl one time say like I'll pay you $20 if you just sit and talk to me for like a half an hour I'm like I that's our that's my job I don't I don't mind talking to you The Narcan, we get, we have different grants through different funding sources. So, High Department of Health is a big help. Um, SAMHSA, we had a SAMHSA grant. Um, we're in the process of applying for some more grants. Um, and a lot of times there's stipulations where they said, oh, you can buy this, this, and this, but you can't use the money for Narcan. If you think about the funding for the syringe exchange, um, same situation, a lot of a lot of funders are supportive of it, but they're like, we're not going to pay for syringes. We're not going to pay for these supplies. Metro Health's Project Dawn mobile unit has been distributing Narcan around the region for years. Its needle exchange is relatively new. When COVID struck in the spring of 2020, Circle Health Services had to suspend operations on the needle exchange it was running from a van on West 25th Street. Within weeks, by April 2020, Metro Health's Office of Opioid Safety had stepped up to fill a need and launch the needle exchange. It was good timing. The COVID pandemic has made a terrible opioid epidemic even worse. Okay, a new report tonight shows in stark detail how the COVID pandemic has made America's drug crisis far worse. Overdose deaths soared 29% last year to a record high. In the final seven months of 2020, the mobile unit distributed about 125,000 syringes. In the first seven months of 2021, the unit gave out double that, more than 250,000 syringes. And since the mobile unit opened, it's handed out more than 5,000 Narcan kits. We've pretty much tripled the amount of Narcan that we're giving out. Um, on average, just at our RV location per month, we give out over 400 kits of Narcan. And since it opened in spring of 2020, the mobile unit has served more than 2,200 unique clients. Twice a week, a second box truck is parked in the lot. This one delivers a different kind of hope, COVID vaccines. The one shot and you're done Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Chris Fishman, a pharmacist with Metro Health's Office of Opioid Safety, is on a mission to protect as many of the mobile unit's clients as she can. She spends much of her time debunking myths about the vaccine, correcting misinformation, and persuading the reluctant. Have you had your vaccine? Do you want it? Why? You're like, do you want me to walk away? Yeah. Can I bother you? Have you had your COVID shot? Are you ready for it? I know I'm being a pain in the ass, but it's not going to make anything worse. But what it's going to do is protect you when you're out in the world. If you give me three minutes, I'll drop a dose and we'll do it. I'm not going to pressure you into it. You give me the vaccine. Come on, let's do it. Are you sure? Yeah, if I get sick, I'll come kill you. <laughs> come on, let's go. Persistence pays off and Chris breaks through. You're, you're the one that was trying to give me a dude the last time I came up here. She's persuaded a young couple, she's in recovery, he's still using, to come inside the truck 
and get their shot. It's a one-shot deal. That's it. You do this, you'll be well-protected. We need to be well-protected, see? The woman in her mid-twenties holds up a phone, showing off a photo of an infant girl. See? We got a two-year-old baby girl. Yeah. Blue, blonde hair, blue eyes. A minute or two later, after some questions, it's shot time. All right, you ready? We're going to do this on three. Ready? One, two, and three. How was it? Nothing. Well, I, I stick myself every day, so. Yeah, well, see, I've been, I don't know more. <laughs> later, as the couple's getting ready to get into a car, Chris pulls the guy aside. What? Don't use alone. Okay. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. I don't Later, Chris explains. I told him not to use a loan and to make sure that uh, she was always with him and that she always had Narcan handy. And he proceeded to tell me that, you know, he uses like two grams every time he injects. And I'm like, you know what? You're not 10 foot tall and bulletproof, so don't pretend you are. I want you to stay alive. And so make sure that you always have Narcan on hand. That's what I care about. I. I want people to live. Because opioid addiction is so strong and so dangerous, keeping users alive is paramount. Another day of life means another chance at recovery. In the afternoon, another client, after picking up some clean syringes, or rigs as he calls them, agrees to chat, as long as I don't use his name. His wrist is wrapped in a bandage. What happened to your wrist? I just got like, Mark's on him, so okay. I try to cover him up because it's embarrassing. How long have you been using? Since 2014. So why do you come? So I could use new rigs and then I could give people new rigs so they ain't got to use old ones and stuff like that so people don't catch nothing. And, and the it, folks here, uh, how do wonderful. they treat you? And yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. They help out when they can. You know, They help the community a little bit. For them to take the time out of the day to come give us new rigs is a blessing. I've seen people use old ones and kind of like go pass away, if you know what I mean. And the other stuff, like the Narcan, do you have Narcan with yeah, you when you use? Yeah. Okay. I saved about 10 people using that Narcan, really? so they did come in handy. So you don't use a loan? No, never, okay. never, never use a loan because something some can happen. Yeah. And who's there to save you? Yeah. So, um... How's your life going? It's, it's up and down, but it's because I make it, you know what I mean? I don't push myself hard enough when I should. And I'm trying to now. You know, I got kids, I got a wife. And it just feels like I like to run away from my problems easy, take the easy way out. And I know that's not good. Cause I want to go get, I want to get off of it. And just, I want to live a simple, boring life, you know what I mean? I don't want to keep doing this no more. It sucks. Like, it was never fun, but it's like you get that habit, just it's hard to, to stop it. But I figure when you're ready, you're ready. You'll know when you're ready. I'm tapping out now, though. Yeah, good. You're ready. Yeah, I'm ready for it now. Here's Frank again. Street-level care is, uh, it, it can be, you know, sometimes just sad to see sometimes, you know what I mean? You're thinking to yourself that somebody's kid, does their mom know they're here? You know, what's... What's the deal there? You know, it's just because somebody needs to be at this level. And a lot of people are, are afraid of what they see. You know, they come down there. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, but then so what are you gonna do? Are you, 
you're not going to talk to them, you're not going to present like that you care or that you want to try to help them get somewhere. So you have to meet them where they're at. What What's going to make them feel like a human being today? You know, they're they're stuck, and they they need to see some light. They need to have that moment of clarity, and and that's where the miracle happens. You know, and you just have to be blessed to be there when they need you. So. You know people need you to, to make that conversion. So it's a blessing for us to be at their level on the street because we might be there when they, you know, when that time comes. And that truly is the miracle right there when you're blessed enough to, hey, I'm ready for help. Okay, great, because we know all the resources to get them help, you know. Let, you know let's get started. We even ask them at the door, you know, are you ready? You know, have you been thinking about it? Imagine they're flying the plane and all we can do is light the runway. You know, they have to pick which runway they're gonna, which, where they're gonna land. I can't make their plane go somewhere where it doesn't wanna go. But I can light up a runway and say, yeah, you know what? You know, that, that tricky runway that you're on, it's, you know, ends at the cliff, the short one. You know, you got a longer, smoother, easier path over here. Let me light this one up for you. You know, and you just kind of hope they turn the plane around and want to come down your runway. You know, you and can, it's, it's, you've seen it happen? Oh, yeah. Many thanks to the team at Metro Health's Project Dawn Expanded Mobile Unit for letting us spend the day with them. On this one July day, 34 clients stepped up to the truck window, exchanged more than 1,400 syringes, and received 32 doses of Narcan. If you or someone you love needs Narcan or other services from the mobile unit, feel free to stop by weekdays. It's 3370 West 25th Street. If you'd like to support the unit's work, consider a donation to the Metro Health Foundation. Visit metrohealth.org donate. Prescription for Hope is an in-house production of Metro Health's communications department. Please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, you'll be the first to hear new episodes as soon as they're released. And we'll be releasing some good ones in the weeks ahead. Thanks for listening. <laughs>